Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up with Giants TV. Have you ever wondered how to master the art and science of selling? Stick around. Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up with Giants TV. I'm Ryan Morris, and as always, I'm here with your host, Nicholas T. Smith, the author of The Giants and the Smalls. Uh, today, we have an excellent guest, but if you have not subscribed on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe now. Hit the alert button so you know when we go live every single dang time. Join us on Facebook at Tribe of Giants. There's a great community there. And uh, yeah. We're doing another Zoom Gigante group. So if you want to sign up for Zoom Gigante, what is this? SG what? SG5. Five. Five. Fifth cohort. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It goes We fast. actually have some people that are repeating the course, which is pretty cool. That's, that's way awesome. Yeah. Um, we're planning an event in June, middle of June. So watch for the details as we post that. And uh, what else do we got, Nick? Well, a just if you, if you haven't grabbed a copy of the book, go do that at giantsandsmalls.com. You'll see that at the bottom here. And outside of that, nothing. Just make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you get notified every time we go live, which is a lot. A it lot. Is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you like notifications, we're the place for you. <laughs> and yeah. I do my own stunts. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Nick, will you introduce our guest? I couldn't sleep last night. I, I was will. so excited. It was like a little kid at Christmas. I'm like, I get, I get to interview Eric. <laughs> Best kind of Christmas present you can have, right? Yeah, that's right. So Eric, Eric Lofholm uh, has taught his proven sales system to thousands of professionals around the world. He's the president and CEO of Eric Lofholm International, Inc., an organization he founded to professionally train people on the art and science of selling. So Eric began his career, and I love that you say this, Eric, as a sales failure. So at his first sales job, he was put on quota probation after failing to meet the minimum quota two months in a row. It was at this point that Eric met his sales mentor. After being professionally trained, Eric achieved his quota and eventually became the top producer at that company. So Eric went on to become the top producer at two more companies prior to starting Eric Lofholm International. He is naturally a gifted teacher, and for over 20 years, he's been sharing his proven sales, uh, increasing ideas with people all over the world. He's written 15 books on sales and success. He lives in Rockland, California with his wife and four children, and he believes that selling equals service. He also believes in working towards mastery of the fundamentals of lead generation, appointment setting, and delivering a high-quality presentation. He's delivered over 1,500 public and private presentations that is a big accomplishment eric like thank you thanks for being on our show you're welcome i'm excited to be here and i i love your uh, show setup here where we can all be on camera and it's just a really fantastic setup so i'm looking yeah. forward to being with you guys today yeah thank you thank you did you write that bio i did yeah. <laughs> i'm just kidding that was he a lived good it. the craziest <laughs> part about it it's real <laughs> yeah no i love it well i saw i was on your website uh snooping you know that's what i, I like to go on and snoop you got great uh recommendations by les brown uh tom hopkins and some others i mean really cool stuff so you've been doing this a long time 
And I think for this topic, we're we're going to dive into sales, but we're going to do it from the viewpoint of Eric Lawful, kind of your journey and developing what you created here. And I like to go back to the very beginning, the automation, the unconscious phase where you, you just dive into it. You do what you've always done. You maybe don't know the new way of doing it. Can you describe what that might have been like or when you had an awakening moment around that? Well, as far as my sales journey, I struggled in the beginning and uh, I just didn't know how to sell. And there's a lot of psychology to selling. Many of the listeners may be uncomfortable with sales, with prospecting, with asking for the order. And uh, I fell right into that category. And um, after I was about to lose my job in sales, I met my sales mentor. Uh, I affectionately call him the Obi-Wan Kenobi of sales training. So I had a, an Obi-Wan Luke Skywalker-like experience in my early 20s. And I literally met a master and um, he trained me and my sales skyrocketed with his help. And I've, I've never looked back. And so um, the, the epiphany for me early on was getting professionally trained. And uh, there's a concept that you don't know what you don't know. And so when you don't know something, you have no access to it. And I did not know that I didn't know how to deliver an effective sales presentation. And so once I got trained, uh, my whole world opened up and everything shifted for me. Yeah. Did you have some judgments about yourself when you first started learning, when you first started developing your, your abilities here? I, I, you know, going back, especially to where you were put on probation, did you have some self-judgment come up inside of that? Um, well, I was in fear. I was in okay. fear. I was newly married at that time. And I didn't tell my wife that I was on quota probation um, because of, I, I was embarrassed. And it was the fear was so strong. It was like maybe she would think she married the wrong person. He, this guy can't even keep his keep a job. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't even gone into imagining having to interact with with her side of the family. Had I been fired, I was just like cross my fingers, hope and pray somehow, some way I can hit my job because it was. It was really embarrassment that I was feeling. And uh, I squeaked by and made quota by one sale that month. And I never, it wasn't until years later that I ended up telling my wife that I was even in that situation. Yeah. So it was it's a it was need very, to know basis. <laughs> <laughs> I totally relate to that. Like if it's like, mm, well, I'm just going to kind of omit that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a very real situation. And, um, I definitely was feeling inadequate as a human being at that point in my life. I had all kinds of judgments about myself. Um, and so that at that space in my life, it was, um, it was a very challenging time for me mentally. Yeah. Can we talk about that? I want to dive into that a little bit more because I see in the journeys as, as people go through their process of waking up and really turning their lives around, there's a moment of almost like grief where they get into a depressive state or an anxious state, they start comparing themselves to others or they look at their own ideals and they're not measuring up. And then they're really hard on themselves. Can you talk about how that can impact sales? Well, in, in selling, it requires confidence. And so, you know, you and I had had a, a conversation and I think it was that gentleman that I suggest you speak to, Nick, who's yeah. the, the film producer. And Man, you, you ended up reaching out to him, right? He actually came on the show. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so he, here's yeah. my point. 
to reach out to a person like him requires confidence. So if there's self-judgment, if there's lack of belief in yourself, then you don't go after that bigger account. You don't go after that, that bigger opportunity in the first place. And so the, the foundation of sales greatness is confidence. And the, and the problem is, where do you go if you don't have it? And at, at that point in my life, I, I had no confidence. I had mm. no belief in myself or very little and didn't know how to access it. And at one point in my life, I felt like there was the average and ordinary people. And then there was the successful people, except I was average and ordinary. And so I resonated with mediocrity. And that's what led me to work at McDonald's when I was in college. That ultimately led me to dropping out of college. Um, just those types of um, feelings. And uh, it was a very, um, that was going up into my early 20s. So my whole life up in my early 20s, there was all these feelings like what you're describing. And then when I when I had Dr. Moyne help me, my sales mentor, and I had another mentor as well that helped me, and they started putting different thoughts in my mind. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. and so uh, and it, it's this ongoing journey. Like it, it, it's this never-ending onion that you're peeling. And, and Les Brown, as I built a relationship with him, and, and Les on a one-on-one call, he says, Eric, you're the chosen one. Well, I was very hard to receive that from, I mean, this is the great Les Brown, right? It's yeah. so he is pouring into me. And, um, but that's really one of the things that's made a big difference in my life is people, people seeing me before I saw myself. Yeah. I, w- I would imagine there's a level of rejection. So when you talk about Les Brown, giving you a compliment, when, when you don't accept yourself and you're not okay with where you are, because you have your ideals of where you think you should be and you compare or whatever it is, there's, there's this feeling, like you said, there's no confidence in you because you're not acceptable inside of you. So when somebody says something like that, it's not received. Is that accurate? Yeah. Or? I, oh, I had a, that exact experience with my yeah. first mentor. His name is Dante Pirano, and he's a multimillionaire real estate investor. And I worked for him. And he looked at me one day and he goes, Eric, one day you are going to be a great salesperson. And when he said that, here's where my brain went. There must be some Eric behind me because he's not talking to me. Yeah. Because I'm his bottom guy. What is he? This guy's, that's not me. Yeah. But the thing is, he saw something in me, even though I was the bottom guy in terms of the numbers on the board, I actually was leading the team in number of sales. Hmm. They were just little baby sales. So all these little baby sales added up to me being the bottom producer, but I was doing double, triple, quadruple the, the number of sales. So he saw that and he's like, if Eric ever got his confidence and if he raised yeah, wow. an average dollar, shoot, he'll blow by these other guys. But I didn't see that. I just saw bottom guy. I'm not, I'm not successful. And so then, I, but I, there was, there was pieces of it that I couldn't see in myself. And that's what he saw in me. Yeah. I mean, you hit on this too. Like you wouldn't be able to name specifically when it shifted because it was a building up of information and affirmation and content going in that eventually evolved into Eric Lawholm as you are today, right? Yeah, and even to this day, it's, it's not like I'm a finished product, right? I'm yeah, still, right. I still almost, I'm not gonna say daily, but I'm still having realizations with some some frequency. It's like different levels of understanding and different levels of like allowing myself to accept accept my greatness, accept what the value is that I bring to the world. And, 
And it's just kind of like never ending. At least yeah. that's what it's been for me at this point. Well, you hit on a word there, acceptance. And what what does that mean for you to accept that this is where you are or, or however you use that phrase? What is acceptance to you? I think it's it's just like coming to this realization, like I am that good or I can create that much value or I can make that big of a difference. Yeah. And, okay. You know, I had a conversation with a CEO recently and he's, he has about 400 employees. And I, I said to him, I'm going to come in and I'm going to uplift all 400 of your employees. And I had never said that to a CEO before. And so it was, it was like me getting to a place of acceptance that I actually had the ability to uplift mm-hmm. a company. And I, I never had thought of myself like that before. So that was like an example of acceptance. Yeah, yeah. Instead of downgrading your life or your abilities, you're actually it's it's stepping into the belief almost that the idea I can do this I have everything I need to do this and one thing I've struggled with and I still I still work on this guy yeah is um the price I charge so I've always been on the the lower price side now having said that I've generated millions and millions of dollars in my, in my company yeah so it's not that I haven't generated significant amount of revenue but I've probably, well, I know I've, I've charged less than what I could have. And that, that I still work on that, you know? And so it's a, um, it's just an interesting, interesting yeah. thing that, that uh, I, I had read, uh, I was just well, not, <laughs> not reading. I was, uh, audibly <laughs> <laughs> on two speed, uh, yeah. the ultimate coach book of being and, uh, Steve Hardison and, and, uh, they were talking about, um, uh, Steve Chandler and not not charging what he was worth and he went into went into a corporation and and uh they had a whole bunch of employees and he said started going to his old sales pitch and his old routine about a thousand something dollars you know and he would come in and, and he ends up losing money to go in and sell these companies and steve hardison stopped him and said yeah per person type of a deal right and they said oh that sounds like a bargain and they signed you know steve chandler got the got the gig for a thousand something per person it was like a four hundred thousand dollar contract instead of a you know thousand dollar contract, and so I, th- I, I but I relate to all of what you're saying because we get in sales slumps, you can lose your confidence, you know, you could you could it, um, like as a salesperson already, like in in my field, you have a a bad day or a bad you know you have a you have customers come in and you can't get to them like you thought you would get to them. As a human, it's very easy to go into your head and start, you know, well, man, you're terrible at this and breaking down your, you know, your process. But if you can stick around people that believe in you, like a Steve Hardison, like an Eric Lofholm, like a Les Brown, or anybody that sees your greatness and can see the giant inside of you, you can start to transform that shift. And we, we probably all undervalue what we really have to give the world Mm -hmm. so yeah along along that line there you know the the idea of you know valuing yourself i could see the journey with pricing is we go into an unconscious state around that and there's an awakening around that why didn't i charge more and some judgment that might come up and some guilt and shame and depression or whatever might come up around that and then you get into the space of yeah i did that that's okay. I did that. 
and I'm committed to creating it a little differently. So it's it's almost the same practicing that you went through to learn how to be a salesman. Now it's just a different topic. Now you feel you might feel small in this new area around pricing, but it's the same journey or a similar journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I think about the journey as like lifting weights. Okay. Right? So if we're if I want to grow my muscles, I got to go and go in the gym and lift the weights. And there's no way to get my muscles stronger. Or I got to get on the treadmill to lower my body fat. And if I don't do the work, then I'm not going to get the result. And so, you know, part of what we're talking about here is on this journey is putting the work in, whether it's reading books or listening to podcasts like what we're doing here or going to seminars, working with a coach. And it's just taking like what you're talking about and pricing. And saying, okay, Eric, now put in the work, go lift the weights on pricing. What is the mindset? What do the actions need to be? What? How do you need to show up differently? And um, I've been putting the work in since 1988 and I'll continue <laughs> to put the work in. And, and I, you know, get results where I put the work in. And I just, I, I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah. My most recent book is called Continuous Sales Improvement. And it's a philosophy of what this conversation, just ongoingly, Eric, work on your skills and teach others encourage them to ongoingly work on their skills. So instead of my company has a two week training course on sales, and then I'm done training. No, great. Your company had a two week training and then you keep working on it. It's yeah. a part of, of being a professional salesperson or a professional business person to work on our skills. So I, I resonate with what you're saying. Yeah. We truly have limitless capacity for learning if we'll use it. The brain's not limited. It's just we might have a belief that says that we're limited and live into that. But it's not because of any capacity. It's it's our our brain has the ability to do that. Our bodies can adapt to things. But we might tell ourselves that that's not the case and then live into that story. And so here's here's what I'd wonder, you know, when you get into a slump or you're feeling down and you're not feeling confident, what are some of the tools you use to get back into alignment with Eric Lawful? The, the way you're creating it. Yeah. So I don't now at this stage of my career, I don't really get in slumps anymore. And I, I don't really deal with confidence issues anymore. Um, part of it is just where I've evolved to, but as far as um, a technique, uh, I have a morning routine and it's a four to 12 minute routine. And it, it's, it has to do with my inputs. What am I putting into my mind? Because if, if you think about like, uh, lack of confidence, sales slump. It's kind of like a spiral downward. And now all of a sudden I have these negative thoughts because of, I've, I've had a several setbacks in a row that have me thinking like that. And so if we're, if we're um, thinking positive, so on my morning routine, it's um, my written goals that I'm currently working on. I have a thing I call the resume exercise where I write down I've written down my life's accomplishments and I just review that for one to three minutes, one to three minutes yeah. on my goals, I love one it. to three minutes on my declarations, my I am statements. And then I do mirror work. I do one to three minutes and I'll like look in the mirror or make my smartphone on selfie mode. So I can, and I, I just say, I love you or I love you, Eric. And I make eye contact with myself. And the reason why I do that, is because my experience is most people receive I love you zero to five times a month. I'm doing it for myself 15 to 20 times a day. And my mindset is I'm, I'm feeding my soul by loving myself. And so 
you know, I teach that to people and some people embrace that. And some people, they're, they're so uncomfortable with loving themselves. They just, they have a really hard time doing it or they might not even do it at all. So yeah. that little morning routine is something that really helps me with my confidence. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it is something that for anybody watching this, it's possible you can break through lack of confidence or, you know, quote unquote sales slump um, and have a different way of looking at it. Yeah. I could see the power in that, like creating yourself before you do the creating. I know there's some research that talks about explorers when they go out into exploring the world, they'll, they'll establish themselves with rituals and routines. They all have rituals and routines that they step into so that they can handle the unknown. Yeah. And then that carries them through the unknown. And so do you, do you find that to be true for you that that ritual and that routine is what holds your confidence through any situation? Uh, it helps, but I'll tell you what really makes the difference. Okay. Um, it's how I process rejection. And so this is one of the biggest issues for people that sell. Traditional salespeople are business owners that need to put on their sales hat. So yeah. I'll ask them, do you need to do more prospecting? And they go, yes. And I say, okay, well, what's the number one reason why people don't do more prospecting? Right? Like you reached out to Nick, that's prospecting, right? But most people, when they have the, the opportunity to reach out to somebody, what holds them back if they don't do it is the most common answer, fear. Fear of rejection. And so I, I rewired my brain. And it's real simple. It goes like this. When I prospect, I win. When I book the appointment, I double win. I win no matter what. So if I'm prospecting Nick and I reach out to him, just to reach out is a win. If he doesn't respond, I still won. If he responds and I booked the appointment, I double it. Now you you reached out, you booked the appointment, and then you closed it because he came on the show. Yeah. So all day long, I'm winning or double winning. I'm not absorbing all this negative energy of the quote unquote rejection where other people are constantly being rejected. I'm going through the same experience, but I'm not framing it as that. And so I've set my life up in a way where I'm just – I'm succeeding all day long when in other people's minds, they're failing, they're, they're being rejected. And, and that creates a completely different reality for me. And I can boldly prospect virtually anybody with no fear of rejection. I like that. You know, we talked to Ivan Meisner. Uh, yes. What was it? Thursday, Ivan Meisner. He's yeah. the founder of BNI and he talks about failure being the tuition of success. And, you don't see it as even a failure. You just see it as a win or a double win. And so going into this, like I want to hit on the bodily meaning of the pat on the back or shoulder or whatever that means for you. Yeah. And then also this, what does that mean for you as you do those, those movements? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You start listening to people and you can hear what's going on in their belief system. So okay. people say this all the time. I am my harshest critic as a declaration. So they're declaring that that's who they are. So then it's showing up all day long in different ways and they're being hard on themselves. Nobody even has a chance, right? Nobody else has a chance to even be hard on them. They're the hardest. <laughs> and in addition, think that's about what does for their confidence. Yeah. Right? If I'm constantly being negative to myself. So here's what I learned. I learned the declaration. I am my number one cheerleader. Well, if I'm being my number one cheerleader, I'm not going to be hard on myself. Hmm. So I 
pretty much, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent, but I've, I've eliminated the majority of the negative self-talk in my life out of the declaration. I am my number one cheerleader. And the, this is a form when I'm physically patting myself on the back. Cause that's like what, what your coach might do in sports or your dad might do, you know, give you a pat on the back. And so I'm giving myself the pat on the back. Mm. And so th that's a way of, it's a physical way of me being my number one cheerleader. Now, when I'm doing this, that's like an arrow or a punch coming at me. And so what's happening, I, my experience of people is that they're saying, well, I am my harshest critic and I, I screwed up again and I, I, I did this thing wrong. And so they're like literally receiving these blows, but they're energetic blows. They're not physical blows, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm not receiving those because I don't look at it in that way. Now, I wasn't born that way, right? So when I was born, I, I didn't. The way I was raised in the environment I was in, I, I didn't have a, a less brown-like father. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a, in a, in a home where I, I wasn't receiving that kind of encouragement. And I was doing some pretty amazing things as a kid. Mm. Like, I'll just tell you one, one brief thing. I had a baseball card business in high school. And I was flush with cash all the time. And I wanted to go <laughs> see the World Series. So my, yeah. my dad didn't take me to the World Series. I took myself with my own money. Like what, what 16, 17-year-old kid is buying World Series tickets with his own money? Like Amazing. very few. Yeah. And I get all excited just telling you about it right now because that was an extraordinary thing that I did. Started this company and yeah. I'm, I created this baseball card business out of my mind. And then I manifest it. And then I'm now I'm at the, at the World Series baseball game. So, but I didn't look at that as extraordinary. I just mm. thought, oh, that's just something I do. Like, it's no big deal. It's a freaking big deal. Yeah. Right? And, and now at 51, I can recognize a young version of me as the extraordinary things I was doing as a kid that I didn't see as extraordinary at the time. And so now I have a, um, and I've created miracles like that many times in my life. And then I'll tell you one other brief thing that happened. There was a, a fire. We we're talking about fires before California fires. There was a fire yep. that burned down the town of paradise. It was world news called the campfire and 50,000 people became displaced or homeless overnight. And so my wife and I started a Facebook group called paradise fire adopt a family with the goal of helping 10 families. The group went viral. 34,000 people joined the group. It was the most active Facebook group for the campfire we literally brought over a million dollars in real value to that community. And we uplifted the entire region. Yeah. We don't have time to go into all the miracles that happened from that experience. But it was like, that gave me a glimpse of the kind of power that I have. It's like, wow, I had an idea. The thing went viral and FEMA, the government agency, FEMA recognized us. Huh. Huh. <laughs> time to go into that story, but it's crazy. Yeah. We were in the FEMA building. That was where they set up shop with all the Red Crosses in there and Salvation Army and Paradise Fire Adoptive Family had a booth in the FEMA building. We were not an organization. We were a Facebook group. So when we walked in, they wanted to see our credentials. They wanted to see our credentials, which I explained to the Butte County, the, the government agency, that the, the government running. You're like, here's my resume. They asked us for our credit. I, I called up Butte County, whoever's in charge. And I said, listen, we're a Facebook group. We don't have any credentials. She said, go down and make up a badge, like on a computer, like make it look like you're official. 
The county told us that because we weren't an organization. <laughs> and all these miracles huh. were happening. And it's um it it gave me a glimpse, like Eric, this is how powerful you are. And I, I had like never experienced that kind of power before. And so the, the thing for me, like what I'm working on myself right now is that that was for a fire. Okay. Yeah. In my business, it's my name on the building and it, I'm working on, I'm making a distinction in my own mind of it's one thing for me. It's another thing for a company. Hmm. It's a self-worth thing, right? Like being like learning how to make no distinction between whether I'm helping a company or I'm helping myself, you know, through, yeah. through my own business. And so that, that's like my own journey right now to step into. I, I hear inside of it, some social aspects, right? There, there are a lot of things that happen that we hold ourselves back because we think we know what other people are thinking. And then we judge ourselves or we don't move by what we think others are thinking. I'm going to give an example here. Maybe you can help me tie this in. Yeah. Uh, there was a research study done with monkeys where they put a banana on top of a ladder. And every time a monkey would climb up, the researchers would spray the other monkeys with cold water, ice cold water. And so they started beating up the monkey so it wouldn't climb the ladder because they didn't want to get punished, right? Yeah. Well, eventually they would take one monkey out and bring another one in and put it in there. And as it would climb the ladder, there was no more cold water. The monkeys would just grab it and beat it because they thought something bad would happen. Eventually they replaced all the monkeys and they just did this as a tradition with no other reason than that's just what we do. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think a lot of times we have these beliefs or limiting systems going on of I can't do this because I don't have the credentials or, you know, or somebody maybe said that to us, who are you to do this? You don't have the credentials. So we hold ourselves back and then we hold our, hold others back almost in the same way, just because that's what we do. Can you, can you see that playing out somewhere in, in either in your life or in others' lives as you've been coaching and training? You know, I think that that for me, just to I don't know if this is answering your question exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, we'll we're all best. tied together through the the, you know, the Ultimate Coach Facebook group. Yeah. And so when I'm leading that group, it's not my name on the door. Yeah. Yeah. Steve's name on the door, right? So I can like fully step into my power. Okay. But am I doing? Am I fully stepping into my own power with my own company? Right. And that's okay. that's my learning right now. Is and maybe it is something about some type of judgment or what are other people thinking or what, what I don't, I don't well, know. How well, to I just know that I hear your accomplishments and there's a lot of times there's this holding back of talking about our accomplishments because what might others think? Mm -hmm. So in a way it's a metaphorical ladder. It's like, I don't talk about my accomplishments because I don't want to create any upset out here. And, yeah. and here you go through and you do this amazing thing, right? You've done this incredible thing. And, this is the first I've heard about it, right? But I look at the Facebook group, the Ultimate Coach Facebook group, and what you've created there too. Same thing. But I think for us to go out and tell, I can do this. I've created this. This is how powerful I am. There's almost this social disconnect of we don't do that here in this society, right? Yeah, I definitely can can resonate with that. The way yeah. our culture is, our culture kind of we live in a culture of downplaying. At least that's my experience of it. Yeah, that's. So, I think that's where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's where the, I, for, in my experience, being seen by somebody else, being seen by a Les Brown or Dr. Moyne or Steve Hardison or yeah. Dante Pirano has really been helpful for me because when they've seen something in me, it's like, it, I don't know, maybe it gives me permission to see it. Um, something happens there when someone else that I respect is seeing something inside of me. And, and I love doing that for people. You know, yeah, I, love, yeah. I was coaching a woman yesterday and I was telling her she's a coach and I, I was creating her as you're going to coach women business owners that do a million a year or more. And you're going to charge 25 grand a client and you're going to have 10 of them. So you're going to have mm. a quarter million dollars. And this woman's that good. Mm. But as I was creating that for her, like she was seeing the possibility, but I could also feel her resistance. <laughs> like, who am I to charge 25 grand? Yeah, yeah. what a question. Coaching? Yeah. Right. But she is that good. Yeah. And I can see that in her because of the time I spend with her. And so I, I really enjoy that when I can, um, as my mentors have seen things in me and I can see things in them and open up possibilities of things that they had never even considered before. Yeah. You know, like people that are uncomfortable in selling and I help them see my, my core belief system is selling equals service. So we can go and show up powerfully with our sales hat on because we're there to serve. Yeah. And, and, and that mindset is a, a very, um, I love teaching that to people and getting them to realize, Oh, it's, it's not about me. And it's not about my commission. It's about, serving this other person through my product or service that I'm offering. And so it's, um, you know, lighting people up uh, with that, those types of possibilities. I, I see you as somebody that has a lot of vision, you know, either for yourself or others is, is you create the belief in yourself. So you have this vision. I can do that. Um, there was some research done on vision that when you have a clear vision, and, and Dr. Meisner on that show, that was awesome. He just talked about thinking. You just think yourself there and you can see yourself doing that or imagine yourself doing that. However you do that, then then it creates this space of hope and belief that I can actually do that, which gets you acting into it. So when you have a conversation with this woman and, and you're saying, look, you, you're going to do this at twenty five thousand a year and 10 people, that's a quarter of a million a year. You can do this. You're instilling in that that belief system within her where she can take that on and now start to act into it because now this is possible. I think if if we start to think I can't do that, why would we put energy into it? Yeah, I'm with you. And, and I call what you're saying. I just label that clear path. Yeah. If I have right? a clear path to get somewhere. Right. That's going to give me the confidence to step into that. And with the Facebook group, the ultimate coach Facebook group, like the day I declared it in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is a 20 year run. And now I've been speaking that. And I, I saw that, like, it was just in the moment. It, yeah, you know, yep. I didn't have to spend an hour thinking about it. I'm like, this is what this is going to be. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to take that on. And vision is just something that just comes natural to me. Yeah. And <clears throat> That's what I was able to speak to this woman in this coaching session yesterday. It wasn't like, okay, let's go charge 25 grand right now. Although yeah. she probably could do that. Right. It was let's work towards that. And if you put Beautiful. in the work and, you know, let's build your business infrastructure and let's work. And you could absolutely get there. And so it's, um, it I, is I, interesting when we can see, and you guys have that. You, you, I, I picked this up right away when I connected with you guys, you guys have vision 
I mean, this show is vision, right? Yeah. yeah. Putting all this work in because you see down the road, it's the impact we're having now. And then the, the impact we're going to continue to have, you know, as you're out door knocking and like, uh, <laughs> where, where did you go? At, like Disney yeah. animators and like that requires vision. Like who's going to go door knock the person that sees it as this is a possibility, even though it's a high probability of a no, it's, it's possible. Yeah. And it was vision that was driving that. And, and you're going to, you know, you guys are going to break, you're already broken through, but you're going to break through at even higher levels because of the consistent action that you take. Well, part of it too, is we're blissfully ignorant. <laughs> you, you talk about a guy named Nick Manton and in your world, you're like, this is a big deal. And yeah. in my world, I'm like, who's, who the hell is Nick Manton? I, I'll call this guy. <laughs> yeah. Turns so, out he is a big deal. He is a cool, cool. He was a cool guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, seeing the path in advance. So you talk about the clear path. My first company was called clear path training. And, oh my goodness. And, uh, wow. it's still, you can go, the website's still up and everything. And, and, um, but what I learned is that I don't always have a clear path. I have a clear vision, mm-hmm. but the pathway is often very, very unclear. I, I like to use the analogy of a tree, the bifurcation, the branching of a tree, the, the fractal mm-hmm. nature of a tree. And so when you look at a path, can you speak to that a little bit? Do you surrender the path? Do you, do you really try and control the path? Like, what is your version of it? How do you create? I, I'm really in a simplicity. Okay. And so here's how I created my sales training company. At age 28, I'm 51 now. At 28, I say, I'm going to go become the Zig Ziglar of my generation as a declaration, not knowing what a declaration was. Okay. So I started living into that declaration and I said, all right, I'm going to build an international sales training company. And so I thought, all right, if I'm going to do that, what is the path? And here's how simple I made it. All I have to do is give one speech a day, five days a week to a sales team or a business group. It could be just the local car dealership or the local real estate office, or it could be a thousand person conference over in Malaysia, which I did one time, or it could be a whatever, right? Just give one speech a day, five days a week. And if you do that, Eric, for the next 40 years, you're going to build an international training company. So that's what pretty much I've done. I've averaged about a speech, like I'm doing a speech right now with you guys. I'd call this a speech, right? So I pretty much do about one of these a day, been doing it for you know 23 years, and then I built an international training company. So I look for, it's easy. All you do is one simple step for 23 years every day. And it's easy. Easy. Because <laughs> I look at it like this. That's doable. Yeah. Right? When I was 28, nobody's heard of me. Yeah. I'm like, I could go speak at the local car dealership and I could go speak to Rotary. And at 28, even though nobody's heard of me and my product line's ineffective and I got a crummy website, it doesn't matter. I could just do that. <laughs> And I thought, if I keep doing that, I'm just going to keep getting better. I was I was so thinking I, about uh, being a rock star at like nursing homes. <laughs> <laughs> they listen. <laughs> they probably wouldn't talk back. <laughs> so when I'm looking at things and I'm looking at like, you know, the Bing movement, you know, and all, the, all that's happening in my involvement yeah, with yeah. that, I'm just looking at that kind of, if I just each day, I just, just do a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and then then that's going to, you know, well, that's going to take off and, and go viral. And it's not going to go viral because of me. I'm a piece to a bigger vision. It's Steve's vision. It's not my vision. It's Steve's vision. Yeah. I'm a piece fitting in with his vision. And so I, I, I just look for simplicity 
And somehow it just comes clear to me. So um, that's that's what I'm looking for. And what I'm coaching, I'm like with this woman yesterday I was coaching. That's what I was seeing for her was a how do we, in a simple way, get to that result? When she came to me yesterday, she had like eight different pieces that did not connect together. Mm. And she wasn't having a success. And it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do three pieces, not eight. And we're going to make it really, really simple. And so I simplified the whole thing down and I said, okay, let's just do this. And if you do this, then you're going to get the results you want. Cause she had a certain income target. It's like a big puzzle, right? It all, it all fits together, but her brain wasn't thinking like that. And so she's just month after month after month, not getting the results she wanted, but didn't really have a chance to get the results she wanted because it was all fragmented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you fine tune. It's almost like I, I use an example of slime mold just really nasty looking stuff. But but what they did, researchers took and put oats on a map, kind of like the Tokyo subway system. They put the train stations on there and they put slime mold on there to go after the oats and it spread out in every direction, just everywhere. And then it narrowed down the path to really specific pathways that, that were in line with or better than what they had designed as the Tokyo subway system. And so it was an energetic flow because it put energy all out here like she was doing. And it feels like there's no there's no movement. But then you start to see the pathways. Like you say, there's one simple thing you can do. There's three simple things you can do. And then you just wash, rinse and repeat. Did you just call Eric Lofholm slime mold? Yeah, no. That's what a good coach can do, though, is, is that she, her mind was just all like all over. She's got great things. But then a coach like Eric, who has the experience, can then take that person and go, okay, we're going to get rid of this. We're going to simplify that. We're going to do this. And they can they can see it from a different perspective. That's why football coaches are great and, and basketball coaches are great. They might not be the Michael Jordan of the game where they were in their day, but they can look at it from a whole different perspective and they can apply all of their experience. And here's a simple practical thing. And I did this with her yesterday. I said, Let, let's look at this in a 10-year chunk. And so something I learned from Tony Robbins, I actually worked back in the day before I started my company. I was employed by Tony for three years. And so somebody asked Tony, you know, I, I got my goal set for the next year. You know, how far out, Tony, do you set your goals? And Tony said, I set my goals in decades. And I never forgot that. And so anybody can look out in the future, depending on their age, you know, 10, 20, 30 years in the future, like Steve Hardison project, I'm looking 20 years into the future, but it never dawns on most people to think in decades. They're so focused on, you know, now to the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you look at it at a 10 year piece or a 20 year piece or a 30 year piece in my, in my sales training company, I could see 40 years out. So I have this app on my phone. It's called Last Productive. Um, it's called Final Countdown. This is the app here. And it's a count up or countdown date app. So I have a date in here and it's September 12th, 2046. And that's this, this one right here. So I have 8,886 days, 10 hours, 16 minutes, 38 seconds. No, 37 seconds. No, 36. This is how much time I have predicted left in my business. Huh. I have 24.2 years left. So it allows me to think in a, in this, in this case, in a 24.2 year chunk. Yeah. Wow. Most people don't think like that, but no, anybody could. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Anybody man. could. And so 
just like your finances, if you look at your, your financial picture like that and work with a, a financial advisor, kind of almost anybody can become a millionaire if they looked at, at money and time like that. But most people don't. So they never start investing in the first place. And then they get the end of their life and they're broke because they had no vision to build wealth. And so the, the, the takeaway for anybody watching us right now is just to allow yourself to think 10 years, 20 years, 30 years out, depending on your age. It doesn't cost anything to think that far out. Your brain will see certain things it's never seen before. And so that's something in a, in a coaching call I'll do with somebody. And anybody could have that experience with that. You don't have to coach with me. You can have the experience yourself. Just look at your goal in these extended timeframes and you'll see possibilities. Well, I look at the growth of the ultimate coach uh, Facebook group, right? The, um, the idea that it took off as quickly as it did, it doesn't honor the fact that this has been going on since about 1984, right? Yep. Like that growth underneath where you wouldn't have even seen this. You wouldn't have even known about a guy named Steve Hardison or a book or anything else at that point for years and years and decades. And I met Steve back in 2009, right? And he, and he was still growing it then. And he's one of those that just, I don't need the recognition. And I don't want my name on things back then. And then all of a sudden there's this massive growth, kind of like bamboo would do, you know, it's like, there's yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. And then rapid growth. And that's, that's what I see is that people don't often see all the legwork that went into creating the root system for what's coming up next. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, well, if you look at what I did with the, the fire Facebook group, mm -hmm. okay. I was under fire with that group because when you have a 34,000 person group, you got some people that are doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing. And so you, you take them out of the group. Well, now you just create an enemy. So if I remove somebody from the group where I had an admin team, maybe my admin takes the person out. I didn't take them out. But my name's the face of the Facebook group, right? Yeah, yeah. So now the arrows are coming at me and I got viciously attacked on social media. There mm. was a meme that was floating around that said this, the district attorney of Butte County, put the phone number, is looking for evidence against Eric Lofholm. So now... All these haters, they're all this conspiracy theories and all, and I'm I'm on the receiving end mm. of something I've never been. And here I am, I'm just trying to help these people. I'm not being paid for it. I'm donating my time, doing what I think God wants me to do. I'm uplifting the entire region. And yet I'm on the receiving end of something I've never been on the receiving end of. So as I'm going through that, in my mind, I'm going, okay, this sucks. And God's preparing me for something greater. I don't mm. know what it is. Okay, so then when the Steve Hardison Facebook group project comes along, I'm like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Uh, I already did this. And I was feeling like what I dealt what the, the quote unquote problems that occur in the in the in the Steve Hardison Facebook are nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like I do that in my sleep. And so, but I'm grateful for so if I throw up a meme in there, the district attorney <laughs> just a mess with Eric. I, I dealt with prepared to your point. Yeah, yeah. Like when, when people yeah. see what I'm doing in, in, in the, the current Facebook group, they don't understand. This is like the 25th Facebook group that I've led. That, that, right? They don't know that. No, we've never talked about my history with it. I This is right. the first time I'm really sharing some of these things. So I'm bringing all that experience. So when I say to Steve, hey, I want to start a Facebook group. And he just says, okay, go for it. Steve didn't even know that. He didn't know my skill level. 
Like I'm like the, the greatest Facebook leader on planet earth for a personal development Facebook group that exists. Steve didn't know that his intuition knew it, but he, we never had that conversation. So all the stuff that was happening and continues to happen is not random and it's not luck. I've got Steph Curry, like shooting the basketball reps in over decades yeah. to, to lead the group in the way that it's being led to create the results that are being created because most groups don't, after the initial flow of a group, it kind of dies off mm-hmm. and the engagement's still really strong and it's going to go, that group's going to go to 60,000 members. And it wouldn't surprise me if it went into the hundreds of thousands over time, it's not going to be right away, but. Well, that's time, the bigger vision, right? The decade long vision. That's what helps with that. Yeah. Cause here's how I think about it. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere close to a million books sold at this point. Well, what's going to happen when we're at a million books sold and what I haven't, shared with anybody, but there's a woman named Lisa, who's a master of the customer journey. Mm. And I just added Lisa on to our leadership team. So here's what Lisa's doing in her brain. She's looking at all the, the online assets, the Instagram, the Facebook, the, this, the YouTube channel, and she's mapping out a brilliant customer journey. Mm. So when we unleash that thing, Unreal. like, yeah, like, like we spiked and now we're kind of on a plateau and in, in the, but it's going to spike again. Yeah. And what I see, you know, I, I see the, the Bing movement going viral. And um, so it, it's just, it's kind of a wild. That's thing. cool. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is the plateau. Cause we had massive growth growth in our group and then a plateau and yeah. it's not, it's not like you plateau and then drop off. You may, you maintain like a plateau. There's this flat line where it's consistently that for a long period. Yeah. And then there's an opportunity if we could see it right for another spout of massive growth. But a a lot of it comes back to the bigger vision is like, what is the vision of all this? You've got a clear vision of 60,000 people, hundred thousand people, million books sold. Um, So that helps you anchor in over a period over time, right? Not next week, which I think where we get hung up is, I need to sell a million, a million books by next week or next year. Right. What's what we're doing right now. Yeah. The three of us being on this right now, it's not like a million people are going to watch this show. Right. Right. How are you going to watch this show? going to watch the show, but it's like, why are we all here? (laughs) Yeah. Right. We're here because we know if we put these reps in that it's going to continue to grow the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, that's how I, I very much resonate with tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race. I love it when I get a spike, right? Mm. But a lot of times we're on the plateau. Yeah. And it's actually a pattern talked about in a book called Mastery by George Leonard. George Leonard says you, you spike and then you plateau. And then he says, endure the plateau in the pursuit of mastery. So you're on the plateau and then you spike again and then you plateau again. And you spike again and you plateau again. And a lot of people think when they're on the plateau, they think it's not working. When yeah. it's working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they quit. And then it, it only loses energy when you step away from it, when you quit, when you give up. Yep. Because our attention is powerful. It's what feeds things. It's like the sun on a garden, right? The sun never stops shining. There might be cloudy days, but it continues to shine regardless. Yeah. And and over time, that, that matters, creates abundance. And so with our vision, same thing. Our attention is what grows things. We all have yep. time. 18,000 minutes, right? 18,400 minutes a day, something like that. It's a ridiculous amount. We all have that. 
but attention is what gets missed is is what we give our attention to is going to grow and what i love about your attention eric is that you're out there looking with this broader vision of all of the pieces that could support and serve that yeah so so you're not narrowed in on one pathway that's going to get you there you're not so straight lined that this is the only way it's going to happen which would cause people to fall off because they just don't align with that you're looking at where's Lisa at? I don't even know Lisa. I don't know anything about Lisa, but I need a Lisa in my organization for this to work. That's what having a broader vision does. That's what I see inside of that is it allows you to see that. And what's nice is that Steve's way of being is that he's okay with me being in the spotlight. Yeah. I get a lot of spotlight leading the group yep. and my way of being, I'm okay with Lisa being in the spotlight or yeah, Sarah yeah. or an Ayub who run the Instagram or Cordelia who runs the LinkedIn. Yeah. Like yeah. our way of being is not, you know, I got to have the spotlight. It's like, okay, I like, like it when I get it, but I'm happy to share it and encourage others. And so that's, that creates a really extraordinary possibility because there's a, there's a, the vision so large, a lot of people can be in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And that motivates them to want to be their genius and so like the, the, the team that's forming right now, I mean, I, I would put our team up against, you know, whoever the biggest companies are in personal development. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just all come together that people want to support this vision. So it's going to be exciting to see, you know, with Lisa, with the customer journey, like she's elite. A lot yeah. of companies don't have somebody at her level on the customer journey. And, and it's just, um, it's incredible to see what's going to happen. That's really cool. You know, the pieces do come together. I would wonder, Eric, as a as a legacy, you know, as you look at all of this, for Eric Lawful, not, not speaking of Steve Hardison or anybody else, right? For you, what is the legacy you want to leave for the world? You know, I, I it really is about, um, I guess I'll say it like this, my, my life and I'm sure you guys agree with this from your perspective as well. My life's changed as, as I've worked on my personal development and I've, I've learned how to have a great marriage. Yeah, I've learned yeah. how to get along with my kids and I've learned all yeah. these things. And there's some of it, you know, I was born with, but a lot of it, I had to learn into it. And I just love sharing that with people. And so I think what I want to be known for is, is somebody who was a great teacher that focused on serving and helped a lot of people and, uh, you know, I, I record a lot of my content. So, you know, like the greats before me, the Napoleon Hills and and uh, the Jim Rohns, you know, there's a lot of content that's out in the world that we can still learn from from them. So yeah. if people want to learn from me when I'm gone, that the, the assets are there and they yeah. can't. Um, I don't really think so much, though, like when I'm dead and gone. I mean, at that point, I'm dead and gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. But while I'm here, I, I love just living my life in a way where I get to teach yeah, and I can yeah. share possibility with people and, and, um, shift, you know, what, what they can experience. Um, you know, uh, can, that, can we that, play? That's what I love doing. Yeah. I want to play with this a little bit. The, the idea of teaching, right. The word master comes from maestro, which means teacher. So when you become a master, you're, you're essentially becoming a teacher, you know, a topic so well that you can teach it to others. The word coach, right, comes from something that is carried, like you carry something through. And, and I love the idea of being a teacher over a coach personally, 
because I love to teach people, inspire and, and light a flame in them so that they can now just go carry that through their life. They might inspire somebody else. Whereas a coach, I would feel like I need to like put you on my back, put you in my buggy, what so to speak. And then like let, you, you can only function because you're with me. I, I don't know. That's a that's a version of it. I might create some offense by saying that. But I love the idea of being a teacher because now it puts the ownership back over into the other person where it belongs, where they're carrying themselves. They're they're lighting the fire for themselves and then for others. Does that make sense? I actually really like that. I never thought of it like that before, but I'm going to give some thought to what you said as far as how I'm communicating with other people around what I do, because I really, I do like that. And for me, I've learned principles from these other, you know, extraordinary teachers taking the principles, applying them yeah. in my life, you yeah. know, create the results. And so um, teaching that idea of teaching really resonates with me. Yeah. I, I, I look at all the masters throughout history and they were all from that word maestro in Latin teachers. They're yeah. teachers. Right. And so that's, that's something that really lands for me as well. You know, when I think of speaking or training or coaching is the idea of what am I teaching? What, what is it that I know well enough that I could share that with somebody else? Yeah. And it's different for everybody. There's some things like when it comes to sales, I'm pretty good at sales, but I'm no Eric Lawful, right? Yeah. So I would want to be taught by an Eric Lawful. That's why I would want to read your books because you're teaching me what you know. Yeah. And that's what's powerful, you know? Ryan, what do you think as you hear that? Oh, well, when I think of Eric Lofholm and the legacy he's leaving, like it's easy because to me, it's it's his being. And that shifts, you know, as you gain more experience and more knowledge and, and move down the road. Um, but it's easy for me to see that Eric is a maestro. He is a teacher. He is leaving that legacy. He's paving that as he's going where he I, I see it. Yeah. He hops into the Facebook group, throws out challenges and, you know, and, and uh, doesn't just throw them out. Then he does them and he shows people like, look, this is, this is me doing the work as well. And you can do this. He sees their, their greatness a lot of times before they even see the spark of greatness and then helps them through that. Um, that's how I experience Eric Lofholm is just, um, you are a giant, you are a powerhouse because you've built yourself into that. Um, and then you just, you're not just doing that for you. Cause you know, that's, that's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun for a minute, mm-hmm. but then you're turning around and lifting others and giving a spark to other people. For me, the coolest part of, of that journey is when they catch it for themselves when they yeah. finally go, it, it's like we were, we were talking with Amy and uh, that moment she caught it for herself. Um, everything shifts because now that now it's like the bird that's in the nest that the mama bird, you know, has been telling it and, and saying, I believe you can fly. You can do this. You can do this. And all of a sudden, you know, they take off and fly. Yeah. That is the coolest feeling hands down on planet earth when they when somebody can do it for themselves and start creating and living into their giant potential and eric that's how i view you like that's how i see you as you're breathing in life and spark and hope and encouragement to other people um and all the and passing down all of the tools and all of the lessons that eric lawholm's learned 
so that others can can fly. It's pretty Thank rad. You. Yeah, I um, Ryan, you hit on something there too of of uh, doing it now. You know, a legacy. I, I had to pull it up real quick because I love words, you know, and so I pulled up the word. It means to legate, you know, like the word delegate. The legacy is to to hand over to another, uh, to be an ambassador, ambassador and a messenger. And um, if, if I think about the legacy that you're leaving, you're not waiting until you're gone. It, it's it, you're delegating right now. You're You're sharing that message right now. You're legating it which is pretty awesome. So that, that is a legacy. You're already living your legacy. It's not like I'm going to become that. I already am that, which is yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah. Erica, you good for another minute or two? Sure. Yeah. Just one more quick question. We always ask this to everybody. If you were to go back in time and you're able to share a piece of wisdom with yourself before you started this journey, what piece of wisdom would you share with yourself and uh, maybe go into why? Hmm. I, I think, um, the, the message that I would deliver my younger self, just like probably any entrepreneur, we go, we go through our ups and our downs and, and I've, I've had all kinds of struggles in, in my, in my life. And, and to just tell myself that in the end, it's all going to work out fine. Um, I wouldn't want anything to be different because everything, and I say this to my wife, I have an amazing marriage and it's my second wife. Well, every single thing that happened in my life up to the moment I met my wife had to happen or we never would have met. Right, right. You know? And so it's it's not like, well, I'd want to try to avoid the landmines. You know, I stepped on the landmines along the way, you know, and I had plenty yeah. of those. Um, but just, you know, that probably would have been a nice thing just to hear, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah. My life's a lot easier now than when I was younger. I, I really went through some struggles, um, as probably so many people do. Um, but, you know, having said all that, I'm, um, yeah, I think that would that'd be my answer. Yeah, I like that. I really do like that because of the, the power of just accepting life. Every part of your journey it will, will teach you and create something within you that prepares you for the next part of your journey. You just can't see it yet. Yeah, I I can see the power in that because I wouldn't change a thing. I, I've been through some things that I really wish I hadn't gone through those. Yeah. But now I look back and it's like without those, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't even be on this show today. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Anything else you want to share today? Um, I just want to acknowledge all the listeners. You know, if you're watching this right now, I want to acknowledge you for investing this time and allowing the three of us to pour into you. And uh, I want to acknowledge both of you for all the great work you're doing. You're having an impact on the world. And because of what you're doing, you created this platform for me today. You have a platform for many people like me to step here and, and help us get our message out to the world. So thank you guys for how you're showing up thank because you. you're helping me and helping so many entrepreneurs and people that you're wanting to give a platform to. And uh, so I just really acknowledge both of you guys for how you show up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I received that. So Ryan, uh, Ryan and I worked uh, a lot, like you say, in the in the unknown, in the darkness, <laughs> looking every day to create what we've got today. And it's it's been a journey. Ryan, did you have some other thoughts, man? You know, I'm just, uh, you know, I say this a lot, but I, I uh, there's a lot of gratitude 
um, for all of the things that you've done in your life, Eric, to for us to meet right where we're at right here, right now, and for all that you're doing for, for yourself, for your family, for other people. Um, it's, it's well, well done, sir. Well done. So thank you for your time. Make sure you tell your family, thank you for allowing us to borrow you for, for a, an hour and three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is at this point. You tell them to that, wait. Yeah. <laughs> we, we really do appreciate the time yeah. and value it. Cause that's the, that's the most valuable resource. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, for those that are watching, thanks for being a part of this. At the bottom of the screen, you see Eric's website. Make sure you go visit that. So there is a ton of good content right on there. Oh, we had fractals, Hugh. Quite a few <laughs> fractals throughout. Um, Hugh, Hugh is one of our greatest fans, man. I just He's on, I think, every show. Yep, he's, yep. He puts, uh, he's given Steve Hardison some competition with that. <laughs> so if you have a sales team or you're in sales, and you really want to dive into building your business, reach out to Eric Lawholm. Uh, if you have a team that could benefit from him, do that. The information's right there on the bottom. As always, just keep stepping. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're right on time. You're not losing any time. You're doing the things you should be doing and learn from the things that you're doing so that you can adjust and adapt and create it even better. And so we appreciate you being on the show. As always, tune in next week. We will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Love you too.